Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. It's time for ESPN College Game Day, right here on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. I like football! Now, live on location, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Let's take a look at some of the stats on the day in total. Dalton Sneed in relief effort, 17 of 27, 241 yards and one touchdown pass. Nick Osmo on the day, 15 carries for 62 yards, had two touchdowns. Marcus Knight, 17 carries, just 29 yards, but still found Pater three times. How do you like that? He's uh, averaging 1.7 yards per carry, still gets into the end zone. I guess that's what you get when you give him the ball right there at the goal line. Adam Eastwood uh, also had a couple of carries for eight yards. Dalton Sneed netted two yards. The Grizzlies in total, 36 yards for 101 uh, uh, or 36 carries, excuse me, for 101 yards. Not a great day, just 2.8 yards per carry and only 100 yards as a team, but I guess if you score five touchdowns on the ground, nobody's going to argue with you too much when it comes to whatever your average per rush turns out to be. The Grizzlies were able to do it when it mattered, pick up small yardage, and I thought that this was a this was an intense football game in the trenches. The offensive line of the Grizzlies and the defensive line of the Idaho Vandals did not get along very well today, as you might expect, but overall Montana was able to lean on them and uh, get that get those touchdowns made. In the air in total, 23 receptions for Montana receivers for 291 yards. The big day today, Samari Toure again. Nine receptions, 129 yards, and a score. That was that 44-yard touchdown that we touched on earlier. An outstanding day uh, for Samari Toure. Uh, Mitch Roberts, four receptions for 52 yards. Marcus Knight did have a couple receptions for 32 yards, as did Nick Osmo through the air. Worth noting, uh, Sammy Akem, three receptions for 26 yards. He got hit in the second quarter of that game. He did not return. We don't know what the status of of Sammy Akem is, but obviously him being out uh, gave the opportunity for a guy like Keelan White to come in and make his first catch uh, of the year. Got a couple more uh, receptions or one more reception in for the tight end, Colin 
Bingham. Uh, also, though, it was the same on the other side. Jeff Cotton, without question, the best offensive weapon, weapon for the Idaho Vandals. He went down in the second quarter as well. So one uh, certainly the top threat on the outside for Idaho and one of the top two threats, probably you would say, for the Grizzlies. Both uh, found their way to the sideline in that second quarter and did not return in the football game. We certainly hope for both of them uh, that they are you know okay. For Idaho offensively, Mason Petrino. 21 of 41, 242 yards, had two touchdowns, two interceptions, and two fumbles uh, that were taken away. So, and again, the fumbles, you know, are they, uh, you know, his fault? Are they on him, et cetera, et cetera? You know, maybe not. Uh, but the a couple of interceptions uh, that he'd probably like to have back, the batted ball kind of is what it is. And on the last possession of the uh, of the game, it's kind of all over but the shouting on an overthrow there. I thought Mason Petrino was surprisingly adroit, very quick, very uh, uh, fast, a lot faster than he looks like he's going to be, was able to move and uh, avoid pressure regularly. But him throwing the football, he, he can throw a nice ball for his size, but it's not good enough at this level, it seems to me. So 21 of 41 for 242 yards. And, uh, and, and overall, Montana was able to just stuff the Idaho Vandals, especially after Cotton went out. One score after Cotton went down. Six receptions for 98 yards, by the way. Cotton still led the Idaho Vandals in terms of receiving. Uh, Hayward came in, had seven receptions for 79 yards. He did have the one touchdown along with Whitney, uh, the other one through the air. But in total, this was a smackdown from the Montana Grizzlies. I mean, they're down 10 nothing. They go on a uh, 28-0 nothing run and then close the game on a 20 what is it a 21 nothing run uh, something like that. So, so they were uh, uh, just dominant all the way through from second quarter on and to go from being minus three in the turnover margins to plus one in a football game that's not really heard of that is something that doesn't happen very often and i know that that's something that the uh idaho coaches are going to key on but again the grizzlies get their eighth win of the season they are eight and two they are five and one in conference and they are looking square in the face of a first of all huge game against weber state we'll tell you what happened in that one right after this but also they are looking like they are set up for a playoff berth for the first time in four seasons the montana grizzlies after the win here today espn college game day is presented in part by domino's pizza you can enjoy domino's pizza during the pregame show free samples available at the tailgate party domino's pizza is locally owned and operated they also are offering you 20 percent off all orders after 9 p.m and free pizza insurance. How about that? If your pizza is damaged or dropped or messed up for some reason, even if it's your fault, they will take care of it. They'll make you another one for free. Two locations in Missoula on North Reserve and South Avenue and also in Hamilton, all locally owned and operated. And this Friday, a portion of every single order all day long at all three locally owned and operated locations is going to go back into the community to the Food Bank of Mineral County there in Stevensville. So if you're uh, looking for some food on Friday, which you might be because it's a day of the week, perhaps Domino's the way to go there. You can give back that way. We'll take a break. ESPN College Game Day with two telling Nuanas on the other side. We'll look around the Big Sky Conference. What happened with Montana State in Greeley, Colorado? And what happened with Weber State? They were in a dogfight today. How did they fare against North Dakota? We'll tell you all about it right after this. Back 
back to the boys with all that good college football knowledge. ESPN College Game Day. Let's take a look at what has happened around the Big Sky Conference. First of all, let's start with the Montana State Bobcats, who were the first game of the day in the Big Sky. They were in Greeley, Colorado. We're wondering, sometimes a little bit of a trap game in Greeley. What was it going to be like against uh, a not very good California Bears team? Well, guess what? Montana State hammered Northern Colorado 45-14 the final of that football game. So the Bobcats, they do go 2-0 against the two probably bottom dwellers of the big sky as they head to UC Davis next week. UC Davis right now, by the way, at Portland State, end of the third quarter, Davis up three, 24-21. So a very good ball game happening right now at Hillsborough High School in Oregon. The other game in progress right now, not a very good game. Eastern Washington hammering Idaho State 48-5. Go figure five points for the uh, Idaho State Bengals. Cannot get anything done offensively in Eastern Washington having their way today in Pocatello. Sacramento State, a team that people should be interested about around these parts. Sacramento State, a top 10 team in the nation on the road at NAU. They get the W, but it did not come easily. 38-34, the final lap football game uh, against Northern Arizona. So Sacramento State, without the services of Kevin Thompson, by the way, are able to uh, hold on and will remain, you would think, in the top 10 and, uh, and have their slot probably iced for the postseason as well. The other game in the Big Sky Conference. Weber State hosting North Dakota. North Dakota, the number 22 team in the nation. Weber State, obviously the number three team in the nation and notably the opponent of the Grizzlies next Saturday. Seven days from today, it'll be the Weber State Wildcats in uh, Missoula for that game. Weber State against North Dakota. North Dakota driving at the end of the game down three. One incompletion in the back of the end zone. A Hail Mary. Prayer not answered at the end. And Weber State a 30-27 victory. They hold on for dear life against uh, North Dakota. The Fighting Hawks giving Weber all they could handle, but not quite all they can handle, I guess, because Weber did actually come away with the victory. So Weber State still undefeated in the big sky, coming to Missoula for a top 10 matchup and top 8 matchup in the nation next week, maybe even higher than that when it's all said and done. We'll see when the polls come out Monday where these teams are all slated out, but going to be a great game. It'll be the great game of the week in the big sky and probably the game of the week in the country at the FCS level happening at Washington Grizzly next week. Again, Montana State on the road. They head over to UC Davis uh, coming off of their two-game winning streak that they are on right now. ESPN College Game Day with two telling Nuanas. It is presented in part by the Badlander. It's Saturday. The Grizzlies won. It's probably a good time to dance. Head on down to 208 Ryman on the corner of Ryman and Broadway later on this evening for the Saturday night dance party. Happens every Saturday at the Badlander. You can also get drinks here at the tailgate party in the pregame show and two-for-ones at halftime. How about that? A quick walk across the bridge. You get yourself a two-for-one drink courtesy of the Badlander uh, at the tailgate party adjacent to the walking bridge here uh, uh, next to Eastgate Shopping Center. Couple of thoughts from uh, Colton Nuanas regarding the, this game that that we talked about while we were in the uh, in the uh, press box today. But the defense of the Grizzlies—that's your—that is your player of the game. I mean, we're talking about Jesse Sims, Joe Babros, Braden Deming, Ryder Rice, Patrick O'Connell, Milton Mamula, Eli Alford, Dante Olson, Jace Lewis. All of them hit Mason Petrino at some point. They were fantastic all the way around. Also. The Grizz weathered the storm of the third of the three first quarter turnovers. Again, you give the ball up three times, you're only down three nothing. That's got to make you feel good. Granted, 
in that second quarter, it did go to 10-0, which was still remnants of a turnover that Montana had. But once they got the ball back, uh, that, uh, that that first possession that Dalton Snead returned in, they did not turn the, get, turn the ball over again, and they boat raced Idaho from that point on, 42-7 to after that. Marcus Knight, he got in the doghouse. Osmo carried the load, and then Knight comes in, slams the door. We talked about that. Five touchdowns between those two kids. Osmo, his first two of the season. Uh, and uh, Marcus Knight, his 15th, 16th, and 17th of the season to lead the Big Sky Conference. So there you go. Justin Calhoun did a nice job against Jeff Cotton overall, and then again, Cotton ending up out of the game uh, at some point with an undisclosed injury. So, uh, and Idaho, again, in addition to the turnovers that they had, which the Grizzlies had as well, what the Grizzlies did not have, the unsportsmanlike penalties. So just uh, just pushing it too far, saying more than you should say, pushing more than you should push, and they uh, were undisciplined in that respect, and it really, really cost uh, Idaho at some times giving up some crucial third down and even a fourth down situation. Uh, in this football game. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Coulter should be along here very, very shortly. We'll go through the Tyler Eisenzimmer player, or in this case, perhaps players of the game. And we will uh, also take a look at maybe a little bit that happened in the FBS. Get Coulter's thoughts as well. ESPN College Game Day is presented in part by the Advocates Injury Attorneys. What should you do if you've been injured in an accident? Call the Advocates and speak to an attorney for free. Find out if you have a case right over the phone. The Advocates have over 25 years' experience dealing with auto accident cases and would love to help you navigate yours. Chat online with an attorney at MontanaAdvocates.com or call 640-4444. That's 406-640-4444. The Advocates will be right back on ESPN College Game Day right after this. Back to the boys with all that good college football knowledge. ESPN College Game Day. The post-game show rolls on. Again, the Grizzlies, 42-17 winners over the Idaho Vandals, a game that saw seven total turnovers and a 42-7 run by Montana after having fallen down 10-0 early. It was a victory that highlighted the defense and what the defense is capable of for this Grizzly football team when they needed to have it. They certainly did and were able to shut down. Again, 10 of the points that Idaho had ultimately came off of turnovers. Granted, one of those, a 97-yard drive, but the Grizzlies able to hold on uh, or hold out, shut shut out almost entirely uh, the the, uh, Idaho Vandals in the not in non-turnover scenarios, just seven points given up. Let's take a quick look at what happened at the FBS today. First of all, the game this morning, game everybody was talking about and not giving Minnesota much of a chance in against fourth-ranked Penn State University, the Minnesota Golden Gophers getting the upset. 31-26, the victory. Minnesota moves to 9-0. Penn State a loss, and Minnesota remains amongst the ranks of the unbeaten. Ohio State barely getting by Maryland, 73-14 earlier today. Florida dominating Vanderbilt. The game of the day, two really games of the day. Baylor at TCU. Triple overtime, and the Baylor Bears hold on for a 29-23 win against Texas Christian in uh, what a Fort, a Fort Worth, Dallas-Fort Worth area. And then the game everybody's been wondering about, LSU-Alabama. I cannot wait to go back and watch this doggone thing. Joe Burrow still in the saddle, 46-41. The Tigers get it done in Tuscaloosa, and 
Alabama, their first loss of the season. And Coulter, I don't see a way into the playoff for Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, they need all kinds of help now at this point because they will not be playing, presumably, in the SEC championship game. They're going to be a one-loss non-champion in the SEC. I know you're all geared up to talk about the Grizz, but, I mean, my goodness. Thank God. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> I mean, I'm just tired of it. Okay. Very good, Colter. I mean, if we're, if we're just going to have Clemson, Alabama every year, we should just play it 14 times per year and have the last one be the rubber match and call her good. Colter, we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, let's talk about briefly. I want to get your whole thoughts on the game in general. I went over some of the things that you sent over here, but you could use the last segment to kind of flesh out the game and what happened in the press conference. We want to hear from what you know Bobby Houck had to say, Coach Petrino and all that, but our Tyler Eisenzimmer player or players of the game, who are they? We're going to give them to every single one of the guys that played in any sort of pass rushing position in this game. I thought that, I mean, when you, when you break down everybody that Montana rolls on the, I mean, let's call it their front six because they don't really have a front seven. They don't really have a front four. They they, ro- f- they move guys around. They always have three guys down, but they might have a fourth guy. They might have a fifth guy. Yeah. Sometimes they have six when they run that double zero gap blitz. But by my notes, I had Jesse Sims, Joe Babros, Braden Deming, Ryder Rice, Patrick O'Connell, Milton Mamula, Eli Alford, Dante Olson, and Jace Lewis all getting their hands on Mason Petrino at some point. Five sacks for the Grizz today. I mean, how many times did Mason Petrino throw the ball? 40? 41. How many many times was he under duress? Every single (laughs) one. I mean, Bobby Howe gave Mason Petrino a compliment, and he said he absolutely kept him in the game. He did, but he also absolutely lost in the game. Four four turnovers. I mean, you look at every single statistical measure in this game, and this game was won and lost because of turnovers. The only reason Idaho was in it is because of three first-quarter turnovers. The reason Idaho got buried is because of four turnovers in the second half. I thought Montana's ability to pressure Mason Petrino early and often was absolutely the key to the game. So we're giving the Tyler Eisenzimmer, Pure West Christie's real estate player of the game to the entire front from the Montana Grizzlies. Tyler Eisenzimmer, your local real estate expert. He knows the city of Missoula better than anybody. He knows all the ins and outs, the great parts of the community, all the fun, all the everything you ever needed to know about Missoula. And he's great at the real estate aspect of it as well. Whether you're a first-time home buyer looking to upgrade in Missoula, looking to move a little ways out of town, Tyler's got you covered. Give him a call, 406-450-4999. That's 450-4999. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll hear from Coulter about the press conference. What did Bobby Houck say? What did Paul Petrino say? And what was his takeaway in general from the football game in total? And what else has happened around the Big Sky Conference right after this? ESPN College Game Day presented in part by the MSO Hub. Grizz fans gearing up for another season of football. Make sure you stop by the MSO Hub. It's your one-stop shop for all Grizz, Montana, and Missoula Paddlehead Apparel. They have great selection of new era caps and Columbia gear. They also have clear plastic bags, which you need to get into Washington Grizzly Stadium. Stop by 140 North Higgins at the corner of Main and Higgins, or find them on the web at msohub.com. Back with more, the ESPN College Game Day postgame show, right after this. Back to the boys with all that good college football knowledge. ESPN College Game Day. 
be here next week as well. Don't forget it is the Can the Cats. Uh, you got to get in here, bring in a, a can good, some money for Can the Cats to get that thing done. ESPN College Game Day is presented in part by Carl Tyler Chevrolet. Set your sights on a new Silverado at Carl Tyler Chevrolet right now. Lease a 2019 Silverado Halftime Custom for as low as $335 per month. This rugged four-wheel drive truck allows you to access rough terrain with confidence no matter the season. You can also take advantage of 0% financing for 72 months on select SUVs and trucks out at Carl Tyler Chevrolet. Visit today 3663 North Reserve Street uh, uh, or at gmofmontana.com. Carl Tyler Chevrolet find new roads. Coulter, you were in the press conference. What did you hear? What did you take away from what was said by coaches and players there? Well, uh, first of all, Paul Petrino said I really have no answer to any question you're going to ask me after I get my butt beat that bad. And that was pretty much where he left it. Uh, I mean, to me, Idaho's in a state of disarray. They're the most undisciplined team I've seen in a really long time. Yeah, uh, 15 penalties was the most committed by a Grizz opponent this season. Most I've, I can remember being committed. And it wasn't, you know, coaches will tell you, we're not going to ever get on guys about combat penalties. You know, things like holding or even a late hit. It's the unsportsmanlike conducts, the tauntings, the personal fouls. It's just stupid. You're, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. And I thought that absolutely killed Idaho. It helped extend drives. Uh, the other thing I thought was really detrimental to Idaho, Jeff Cotton had almost 100 yards receiving, six catches for 98 yards in, and the, he went in down. the first half, and then he got a concussion. Yeah. At least that's what I assume it was. He didn't have his helmet on the sidelines, yeah. they were, and they were keep, keeping his helmet from him, which always indicates concussion to me. And uh, then Saunders, the running back, he was out as well. Mm. Uh, so they didn't have their two of their main skill guys. Cotton, Cotton is an outstanding player, and their offense was completely different when he was on the field. Yeah, and uh, you know, David sent us a text about uh, Justin Calhoun and the matchup with Jeff Cotton, and it was actually mostly Cotton that was destroying Montana out of the slot. They move Idaho moves him a lot, around a lot, but when he gets that matchup with one of Montana's three safeties and that three-safety look, that's what he was really, really taking advantage of. A lot of times that third safety bails. It gives you the it gives you the twelve yard hitch for free basically, and that's what Idaho was killing Montana on early. Thought one of the key adjustments to the game was going with Nash Fouch instead of Josh Sandry in those long yardage situations, and also just continuing to heat up Mason Petrino. But on the Grizz side, it's like Bobby Houck said: this is the eighty fifth rendition of this rivalry game, a rivalry that dates back to nineteen oh three. And the, as Coach Houck said, you'd be hard pressed to find a time when Montana won back to back games in this rivalry so handily like they did the last two years. Yeah, I think that's a credit to uh, Montana and just their preparation and the way that they were able to execute today. You know, you look at the stat. This is why sometimes, but it's also an indictment, isn't it, of Idaho and and the state that they're in oh, sure. at the moment? Oh, sure, certainly, yeah. certainly, certainly. I mean, I, ironically, Idaho would have never been in the position they're in right now today if they never would have moved up. Right, totally, hundred percent. They they would have probably been peer programs with the University of Montana. So uh, we'll see how that whole thing evolves from here forward. But sometimes you look at the numbers, and the numbers they don't tell you the whole truth. Montana didn't run the ball productively today. They only averaged 2.8 yards per carry. But the fact that they still ran the ball, they ran the ball 36 times, and they only allowed one tackle for loss. So even though you look at the yardage, and you only got 101 yards on 36 carries, you only averaged 2.8 yards per carry, I still thought that their dedication to the run game and their ability to continue to run it 
to keep Idaho honest, that kept a lot of pressure off of Dalton Sneed, and it helped Montana's offense operate uh, better than maybe the numbers indicate. Well, and it's like I said off the top as well, if you only rush for 2.8 yards per carry, nobody really cares if you score five times running the football. So exactly. the and point it, of the, the game is to score points on offense. Well, and Idaho's defense is a splash defense. They want to get you to behind the sticks. They had 19 tackles for loss over the last two weeks. And they only have one today. So, I mean, even if you're only getting 2.8 yards per carry, you're getting three yards. You're giving yourself a third and three instead of a third and nine. And that's so key with Dalton Sneed's injury. Uh, The other thing I thought was just uh, fun to listen to was just Dalton Sneed talking about how much he was chomping at the bit, how bad he wanted to play the last couple weeks, and then when he got the call, how he was able to to, um, seize the moment. And I asked Bobby Huck directly, what was the decision to start Cam? Cam Humphrey? And what was the decision to put Sneed in the game? And he said, basically, Dalton Sneed did not practice on Monday or Tuesday, so they installed an entire game plan for Camp Humphrey. So they basically just said, hey, we're going to roll with the dude who we have and installed game plan four. And But Bobby Houck said they had full plans to play Dalton Sneed in this game. Oh, it was, really? It was just a matter of when. Really? And okay. Tim Rosenbaum. interesting. Tim Rosenbaum and Brent Pease basically said, play it by feel. We want you to play whatever it feels right. That's when we want you to play Dalton Sneed. And Bobby basically said, well, you know, the decision was kind of made for him when Cam Humphrey threw a second pick. So uh, they were they were going to play Sneed anyways. I think that they probably just put him in the game a little bit earlier and then stuck with him. But then because they got out ahead, they were able to then put Cam Humphrey back in the game to close the game out, and I think that's a good confidence builder if they need to go with him down the stretch. Look, I don't think I don't think he probably is not, is being untoward or maybe salacious, not salacious, but 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 anything other than completely, you know, honest or whatever in that respect. But if that's true also, I think that's meaningful because Cam Humphrey, it looked to everybody in the world like you just benched the kid who can't play today because he's thrown two interceptions, one of which should have been a touchdown and it was a bad, bad look. And you wonder going forward, okay, Dalton Sneeds, of course, your quarterback, but what does that do to your confidence? Who knows when you're going to need Cam Cam Humphrey again this year? And, you know, obviously, presumably or thought thought it might be, you know, into, uh, you know, into next year as well. So if Cam Humphrey was aware that, hey, Dalton Sneeds is going to be playing in this game as well, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit different. It takes a little bit of a different tone, but that is surprising to me. I mean, I understand you don't practice Monday and Tuesday. The install's been done. We got a game plan for Cam Humphrey, but we know that you're able to go. We want you to go, and so we're going to put you in it as well at some point, but the boost that Dalton Sneed gave this team when he did come in was, was, was real, and he certainly looked ready to go. I mean, you would always... You're supposed to be ready to go no matter who you are, but we all understand. Like, if you're a backup quarterback, it's a, just a different deal. He well, looked I, like he was ready to go almost as if he had been expecting, like, hey, you are going to go in today. And you can just tell the difference in the the creativity and and the courage that Tim Rosenbaugh has when Dalton sees in the game, even if Dalton sees hurt. Mm. Like, that touchdown that Samari Torre scored on where he was wide open in the middle of the field – the route action they used on the outside, it was basically like a trick play where they basically ran like fake a fake slant, fake out, and then like kind of an up and in, and Torre sold sold it so much the DB was just left in the dust. Yeah. But I just don't know if they call that play with Cam Humphrey, not because Cam Humphrey can't make that throw. Like Dalton Sneed said, he said, anybody in this room could have made that throw. That right. has nothing to do with me. You guys could have <laughs> thrown that touchdown. But I just don't know if Rosenbaugh dials that one up just, just because of the – 
the comfort that he has with Dalton Sneed, even if Sneed isn't 100%. Coulter, let's wrap up. The Grizzlies get to eight wins. They are probably in the playoffs, but they got a huge matchup. It's probably the game of the week in the entire country next week as Weber State escapes a scare from North Dakota. They're going to come in here, a top three team in the nation, and uh, it's going to be an exciting football game next weekend at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Your thoughts on the future of uh, this season immediately. It was pretty interesting sitting in the Grizz press conference waiting for Bobby Houck, Patrick O'Connell, Cy Sermon, and Dalton Sneed to show up. And being on our phones and looking at the way that the Weber game played out, and you know North Dakota mixed that kick, that North Dakota muffs that kickoff, yeah, and basically gives Weber State a game-winning field goal attempt. And in the meantime, Sac State's sitting there rallying, and they were down 34-24, three minutes to go. They come all the way back and win 38-34. So Sac State now back in in the race. They almost seemed like they were going to drop to that second spot with two losses in the league. Not so much. Sac State rallies again. So now we still have three teams basically alive for the Big Sky Conference title, including Montana Weaver State, who play in Missoula on Saturday. So it should be should be an interesting game because by all accounts, the returns for Montana ten games into this year is just the improvement in not only talent but also depth on both fronts and that's going to be tried uh, that's going to be trial by fire with Weaver State next week because Weaver State has the best fronts in the conference. We'll take one more quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap this up and we'll get you sent out to Norman, Oklahoma for the Iowa State Oklahoma Sooner football game. Be back right after this. Hey, boys and girls, Ryan Tutel here from Tutel and Nuanas. If you haven't been listening from 4 to 6 every weekday afternoon on ESPN Radio, here's what you've been missing. Bruce Barnum's dying to be on the show. Hello, Montana. The Missoula Pioneer League baseball team is now the Paddleheads. Vice President, who has been long-standing with the team here, Matt Ellis. We're the only Paddlehead out there, and that's that's special to us. What is a Paddlehead? It is a slang term for a moose. Moose is bigger than a bird. You get it like that? These are like the five hats in the city of Missoula that will fit my head right here. Paul Caputo writes for SportsLogos.net. Owner of the Missoula Paddleheads, Peter Davis. If they hate us, they're still going to know we're here. Southern Utah sucks. Don't sit here and tease me. It was the most boring game I've ever watched in my career. The reality is, is that this is another game that Montana State should go down and hammer Northern Colorado. I care so little that I haven't even looked. Nice to see you. Idaho was the cream of the crop in the big sky in the 80s. It's been a big game in these parts for, for decades. Grizz cornerback Justin Calhoun. They said that's our rival, and I, I agree that's our rival. Uh, my second time playing in it, so it'll be fun. When the, the word rival is used, regard to us. That's others' words, not ours. By the way, boys will laugh at girls when they are funny, too. He looks nowhere close to a D1 athlete because he's just—he's tiny. He's tough. It reeks of nepotism as being Paul Petrino's son. Jeff Cotton, an outstanding player uh, for Idaho, and he's good enough to join us. No matter who's in, I'm confident in him, and I'm confident in myself. This is my job to catch it. I think he's their best player on offense. I know it's going to be a packed crowd on Saturday, and so hopefully we just 
come out with a win. Some teams are losers. As far as the t- playoff rankings, I'd probably have Montana State at 10. But I, I just I don't think that they have enough quality wins. The FCS and their institutions don't just have money to fly everybody, you know, every week to a place. If you're going to do it, I think you need to do it multiple times. Give it to me. They, they could go as high as three and as low as out of it. I think if the Grizz win this week, they secure a playoff spot. Both the Montana schools control their own destinies. Colter, what do you know about me? The only thing I care about is myself. I am some woman who lives in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. I'm pleased to say I get free salsa. Probably going to rip wins from you for the 33 cents of free uh, tomato and onion paste. At this point, might as well send it. Huh? Breakfast burritos are tough to beat. Mm, uh, cocktails. I wonder how many burritos a week he's at. A gamble? Let's roll. You wrap it in a tortilla, I'm going to be pretty happy. Coco, I did it. Two telling nuanas, four to six every weekday afternoon on 102.9 ESPN Radio, Montana's best sports talk. Back to the boys with all that good college football knowledge. ESPN College Game Day. Coulter, Jay Hill, we know what he is as a defensive specialist, as a special teams guy. What can we expect next week out of Weber State when they play the Montana Grizzlies? A quick initial look forward. Man, I mean, it just sounds like so much of a cliche when you talk about the importance of special teams because everybody tries to like point that out like, oh, look how much I know about football. Special teams really matter. They do. Jay Hill has consistently destroyed the rest of the Big Sky in every element of special teams for the last three years, and that's why Weaver State is won three straight. That's why they won, shared or won two Big Sky titles and been in the playoffs three years in a row. I mean, they have they have the best kick returner in the country in Rashid Shahid. They have one of the best kickers in the country in Trey Tuttle, and they have perhaps the best special teams coach in the country in Jay yeah. Hill. So they, they're going to dominate you in that element of the game, except for that's where Montana has been so good this year as well. So that's going to be a really interesting portion of this game because both these teams have given themselves a little bit of an advantage being able to score on special teams and be able to dominate on special teams. So that'll be, that'll be fun to watch. Montana's offensive line, by all accounts, is much better than it was a year ago. Yeah. They will have their stoutest test <laughs> no next doubt. week. I mean, Weber State has truly one of, if not the best, defensive lines you know, in the Western United States. Honestly, Tim Walsh said I'll put them up against – Tim Walsh, Cal Poly head coach, said I put the, that front up against literally any defensive line on the West Coast. And I, I agree. I mean, Jonah Williams and Adam Rodriguez, probably the best pair of ends in the league. So that'll be a stout test for Montana as well. To me, it's going to come down to the matchups on the perimeter like it always does. It's going to come down to, is Dalton Sneed healthy? We'll see. Well, Dalton Sneed, I think, you know, maybe got a little tweak today with the ankle, but uh, came out of that thing and I think, you know, still still played and played well after the fact. And I think when he went down and didn't come back, it looked to me more like a, a, a get the wind knocked out of you type of situation sure. uh, than anything else. Hopefully that is the case. But the one area that Montana, if Dalton Sneed is ready to go, probably does have it decided advantage is at quarterback and everywhere else we'll see how it stacks up it is espn college game day at two tell uh, it's two tell and is happy to be with you on yet another saturday we'll be back here next saturday as well uh with the uh pre-game show beginning again at 11 15 a one o'clock kickoff in washington grizzly stadium as well hey another wrong with being in the background of a selfie right Coulter? i've always said this all you know all the time you just take some pictures you just send it to your friends you know just make sure you tag us on the social medias. So, you know, we appreciate that. Uh, Coulter, 
Iowa State, Oklahoma. That's where we're going okay, out to, to okay, Norman, okay. Oklahoma, for uh, a Big 12 matchup here uh, on ESPN Radio. We certainly appreciate all of you for listening, hanging out, having some fun at the tailgate party, at the pre- and post-game show, and uh, for uh, David Graff in the back, getting it all done, pushing all the buttons, and that is uh, that is something that we appreciate very much as well. Coulter, one final thought for you on the Grizzlies. Are they, are they nationally elite? No. What do they need to do to prove it to you? Will it be win two, next week? Be two years older. This team will be nationally elite starting next year, but they will be absolutely nationally elite in two years. They're young. The linemen have a chance to be the best group in the entire country. They're incredible. Straight up. I but, mean, think about when Patrick O'Connell and Eli Alford and Braden Deming and Jacob Bergoring and Milton Mamula are all juniors and seniors. They are going to destroy people. But let me let me say, and you're 100% right about They're that? They're just too young right now. They're too young and they don't have elite corners. I think Justin Calhoun and Darian Nash are both nice players. They're not elite. And that you have to have elite corners. To me right now in the FCS, to be elite, that means you have to be able to compete with... James Madison, North Coast State. No one can compete with James Madison or North Coast State but each other. So to me, there's only two nationally elite teams in the FCS. It ebbs and flows, and when that defensive line is two years older than they are now, they're going to wreck people. There's no doubt about it. But you got to think, too, there's probably a good chance you're not as good at quarterback, and it's almost certain, right, that you're not going to be as good at linebacker. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, Don is going to be a big loss. Jace Lewis, though, I think is has a chance to step up into that role, and even if he's not quite as explosive, he has a chance to be just as productive. So this will be all sorts of fun to talk about next week. All right. We'll take, uh, we will not take a break. Well, we will take a break for a day. How about that? You can have one day without us. We'll be back on Monday, 2 till Nuanas, 4 o'clock. Our thanks to David Graff in the back. Enjoy a little Big 12 football on ESPN Radio. Good night, everybody. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.